As runners, we all challenge ourselves in ways we never thought possible, pushing the boundaries of what we're capable of to smash through targets and set ourselves new bigger and better ones. This awesome hobby that we share gives us one thing in common and it brings us together as a community. Whether you're working towards completing your first park run or you're a veteran of the sport who's run 100 ultra marathons, we all know the feeling of reaching that maxed out effort and our own red line. Welcome to our podcast where your hosts Brett Ellsmore and Andy Maguire discuss the struggles, the successes and everything in between on our running journeys as we all work towards the next time we're running the red line. We are live. Welcome Hello. to episode four of Running the Red Line. We are getting there. We are getting closer to that magic number of seven episodes. We're halfway yep. there, Andy. Oh, How are you doing this it. week, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I can't believe like this didn't just end after the pilot. Four <laughs> episodes. We're uh, we're still doing it. Normally, I cannot commit to anything longer than like you know, a one-time only thing. So can't believe we're still doing, we're, you know, we've done four. It's, yeah. uh, Hopefully it keeps I'm... going strong as it yeah. is at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. interaction's been amazing. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening or watching on YouTube and commenting as well. It's it's really good to have that interaction with people. It's crazy to think that there's actually people out there that are listening to the waffle. that are actually <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> So, uh, yes, thank you very, very much. So, um, let's go to you first. How's your week been? Pretty good, if, I, if I'm honest. I've, uh, uh, what have I done? I've entered a race, officially. Ooh. So, in fact, it's oh. been, there's, there's, one, there's one maybe that I haven't booked that I'm going to book. There's one definitely that I booked and there's one that I'm doing on Sunday. We'll talk about them all. So okay. first of all, no surprises. This came in the post. I got my Great North Run T-shirt through the post today because I did last year. And once you do the Great North Run, they ask, they offer you if you want to be a member so you can get guaranteed entry for three years. So you don't have to do the ballot. Uh, okay. Any charity sponsorship stuff. So I said yes because, you know, I just wanted to just guarantee I didn't want to have to go through the ballot again, all that yeah. sort. Of thing. So, so yeah, I thought, yeah, I'll do it. And then I got an email on like basically the day before this was about to happen. They said you haven't actually entered. Do you still not want to do it? I was like, oh, I thought I would. I thought the membership guaranteed me yeah, entry. Just go, yeah, that you actually had to enter. So, so yeah, they took my money, and I'm definitely in. So I'll definitely be on the Great North Run start line. So that's exciting. Amazing. So uh, this year, is that a uh, goal race this year? So are you aiming to run quick there? Well, I I don't know, because unless you're at the front of the pack, it probably isn't conducive to doing a PB at the Great North Run because the amount of, uh, I don't know, there's just so many reasons why a PB probably doesn't happen to so many people on the Great North Run. 
But having said all that, yeah, why not? Let's probably go try it. Let's go and go for it. <laughs> of course you are. Of course yeah. you are. So I, I, I don't think I'll be doing the, oh, God, am I going to say this? I'm going to drop her in it. So I'm trying to talk Laura into doing a Worcester City Runs half marathon, which is the week after the Great North Run. So mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe, if she says yes, if she says, yeah, let's do it, then I'll run with her and we'll, we'll you know, sh- we'll try and do uh, an equally epic half marathon because she did her first ever one last year at the Great North Run. So, yeah, I'm trying to talk her into doing that. And if she does that, then maybe I'll go, you know, for a hard Great North Run. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I'm the, not quite the, sure. Is the ballot for the Great North, Great North Run still open, the ballot? That's a good question. I've got a feeling it might have just closed at the end of January. Uh, you'll have to. We'll have to. Maybe we can Google that and find out. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's. I was still very open. tempted to enter, but um, we may have a gig that weekend, and it's that whole thing of do I enter and get a place, and then I've got a gig and I can't do it, and yeah, yeah. It's one of those. So I, I think I might try and do the Worcester City runs and try and have a good crack at that. This year ah, nice mate yeah. so are you are you prob i mean it's difficult to say when it's eight months away isn't it but like yeah if if you know everything goes as you'd like it to go would you yeah would you try and go for a pb that day oh definitely but knowing the course now and knowing that it's not too hilly or anything both of yeah. my fastest half marathons have been on a stupid hilly course so if i can get to the same fitness as that and yeah. hit a flatter course, fingers crossed, I can hit that PB. Yeah, I, it's as as I found out, it's uh, definitely PB PBable. It's 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 fairly flat. Well, it is pretty flat, isn't it? I think the elevation is it's just over a hundred meters for the whole half marathon, so it's not that bad at all. And uh, what's that? Three hundred foot, four hundred foot, or something yeah. like that. It's not it's yeah. not that bad. No. Uh, yeah. So I would I'd give it a go, and I'd say to anyone really. If, if you fancy a, a fast half marathon, the only thing is about it, it's very twisty and turny. Yes, so it's, it is. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that middle third, that section of the city. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You, you'd be lucky if you got a hundred meter sprint, a hundred meter straight, really, because you're yeah. always being told to go left and right. And yeah, that bit was a bit, yeah, technical, but um, it, it, yeah, I suppose I, I think I'd prefer that to lots of hills, to be honest. Yeah, you say that, but you'll probably blame the fact that you didn't get a PB on the fact that it wasn't hilly enough, or yeah. it was. Uh, it... <laughs> so, uh, but I, I think you could have a really good stab at it, and it's, you know, just pre-autumn marathon season. So, are we too early to talk about whether you'll be doing a marathon in the autumn, or do you uh, think you'll or... be I, training I, for anything? I don't know. I've never. <sighs> I've never done an autumn marathon and I don't know if I want to get into that whole thing of doing two marathons a year. I might just do the one marathon each year and just target that as a target race at the start of the year for spring. And then I can concentrate on the shorter stuff and do track over summer and then actually focus on a half marathon maybe because I've never actually, well, I say never, I have. That's a complete and utter lie. But what I mean is last year, I didn't actually train for any of the half marathons I did. They just appeared. So there wasn't any specific training for that race. 
So if I'm going to go for a PB, it'd be nice to have a point where I'm specifically training for that actual race. Because at uh, at Brum last year in May, yes. we were sat in we were sat in five guys having our chips and burgers that cost about forty eight quid, by the way. And, and you were you were looking at your <laughs> worth Strava. it, though, weren't they? Oh, they Come are. On, they're and, worth and the, it. You get your money's worth of chips, don't you? They're no, yes. they don't skimp on the chips, do they? One hundred percent. So yeah, I suppose that's that's not bad. It's about a pound a chip, but it's it's good value. And um, you said to me, we were looking at our Strava with a you know mouthful of food, and you were like. I was only three seconds off my PB today. How did that happen? Because yeah. you you didn't even go out to get one, did you? And then you looked no, at your watch. I, I was I was trying for it. I went out to try and hit that pace, um, yeah. but I wasn't prepared for it at all because obviously the marathon had been what three or four weeks before, and yeah. then um, I hadn't rested properly after the after the marathon, and I was carrying all sorts of niggles and fatigue and everything so yeah I hadn't trained for it but I went yeah. out at trying to get that PB I, I it, didn't think it was going to happen but it was close it, it falls at a strange time doesn't it for anyone that's run a marathon it's normally two three weeks after a lot of people have just done a marathon so to do the Birmingham half which it normally is the first or second weekend of May falls at a terrible time for a lot of people doesn't yes. it yeah so 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 you know, if you're not doing a marathon and you've got your eye on a good half marathon, then I would say, even if you are doing a marathon, it's a it's a good race to do. Yeah. Because it's organised by the same people as the Great North Run and stuff. So it's big. It's a big race. But I'd definitely say give the Birmingham half a go because it's a well-supported race, well-run. Yeah. A lot of people think, do it. I think I do want to do it again this, this year, but um, I'm going to properly take some proper rest after Manchester this year and yeah. see if after having that proper rest rather than rushing myself back into training will have a different effect to what I actually did last year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, well, I'm in two minds about whether to even do it at all because I've got Newport the week before it. So I think it's on the 5th or something like that mm. of May this year. And yeah. Yours my is race, later, isn't it? Your my race is later. Uh, 28th of April, the week after London, mm. I think. So, yeah, but that's a strange one. But before we move the conversation on, what I was going to say just quickly yes, was... So, sorry, yes. I was going to do... I'm going to probably book a 20-mile race, which I, I can't believe. I've never considered doing one, but I can... I think it would be a really good thing to do. So there's one called the Fish and 20 Miler, which is down in Gloucestershire. And I think I'm going to enter that because I think that would be a good way to really roll out some some steady and marathon pace miles. Which is nice. what a lot of people will use the race for. Uh, yes. So, so, well, so yeah. I, I was having a look at this after you mentioned it, and it. I think it possibly falls on my peak week weekend. So that might be a good one for me to do to hit my peak week Sunday long run. Yeah. Um, so use it as a session rather than a full on race because I don't yeah. want to be racing a twenty mile race that close to. Uh, a marathon but do it yeah. as my session so do sections at marathon pace and stuff so that sounds like a it could be a really good plan i think it's on st george's day i think it's on saturday no that's april isn't it sorry 23rd of march it is not april so it's the 20 okay. it's a saturday the 23rd of march so yes yeah. saturday a saturday race so i've never oh okay I've, I've done a saturday race before so that'll be fun yeah. so yeah and and the what was the the last thing i was going to say was warwick 
Oh, yes, that is this weekend for you, isn't it? Yeah, for, for anyone that's listening, I'm scrumpling my uh, uh, race bib because that came in the post this week. And yeah, looking forward to the Warwick half on Sunday. So see some of you down there who are going to do it. Uh, yeah, excited for it. Excellent. Is that number what your um, 5k PB is going to be at the end of the year? <laughs> 1831, mate. Oh, come on. I um, I did have a go at a 5k PB last week and I managed to run. So my PB is 2037 and I ran 2047 last week. Oh, nice. And have this is a good. I haven't written this in my notes or anything to talk about, but this is actually a good uh, topic. Have you ever run a race or a, a, a run, a park run, or you know a run of any description that wasn't a PB, but you're in a way prouder of that run than a PB race? Because the way that I ran last week was better than the one I got a PB on, if you know what I mean. So uh, looking at my splits, they were all within one or two seconds of each other. And my last split was maybe my fastest ever kilometre during uh, anything, you know, anything above intervals. No. So I, I, I finished the race with a 3.56, I think, which, you know, to a lot of people might sound slow, but to me it's rapid. 3.56 per yeah, yeah, K yeah. is at 6.10, is it, per mile uh, or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it's quick. Because um, a, a four-minute kilometre is a 6.27 mile. Yeah. So, I mean, that's way beyond my pay grade as well. But maybe people will argue that it's not, and I should be running that. But whatever, anyway, I I, I, I had enough in the tank to, to have a hard last kilometre, and I got done on the line again. <laughs> I know. That Speck- karma's come to bite I you know. in the ass. I know. I <laughs> know. So just to give everybody context, about a month ago, just at Christmas, Brett came over to try uh, Worcester Woods Park Run, which is my local. And uh, he was doing a bit of filming, filming me. And then I spotted a gap. Let's just say that I saw a window of opportunity and I took it. <laughs> and I overtook. It was a petty little uh, victory, but it's a victory all the same. And yeah. uh, I remember saying about a week or two ago, well, last time I was here, I, uh, I overtook Brett with a one meter to go. And then that same park run, someone did me on the line, and then it happened last week again. So, do you know that I I feel that in hard five k's, I haven't quite mastered the art of a final five k sprint finish because that is hard. Because I find a five k very hard, and yes. then you've got to find something extra, and especially when you feel somebody breathing down your neck who's let's face it faster than you, you've got to try and respond. That's yeah. an art that I'm just going to have to learn, and I'm actually yeah. glad it happened twice in a week because it's it's kind of it's kind of showed me that I need to I need to if I ever do want to race, I do I need to be able to close a race. You know, I need to yeah. you know, I need to be able to be strong until the last second. Yeah, but five k's are a weird distance, aren't they? Because it's it is one of those uh, distances where you are on the red line for the whole of it. It's not yeah. like you can go out slow and ease into it. If you yeah. are going for a time, you are out of the blocks going for it because it's not long enough to slowly, gradually get up to pace and just past pace. It is yeah. you need to get out and get a good start and then yeah. sit sit at that um, 
that cadence. Uncomfortable. And, yeah. So it's it's quite an uncomfortable pace, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. But I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with looking back at my splits. I was really pleased with, you know, the, I think I ran four tens, four elevens. So uh, in old money, that's what six thirty fives or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Six forties or something, and yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. So that sub twenty is getting closer and closer all the time. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it will happen before Newport. I, I'd like to get a P five k PB, which would be six thirty twenty thirty six or below. But a sub twenty, yeah. If I was a betting man, I'd say second half of the year. I think that's 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 uh, that's maybe maybe hopefully the twenty twenty four is the year but- of the sub twenty. That can be one of our uh, questions of this pod is what month do you think Andy is going to hit a sub 25k this year? Or what year? (laughs) Will it be this year? (laughs) Will it be in the 2020s? So, so, yeah, but I uh, I would love, I would absolutely love to, to go sub 20 because it's a huge milestone to hit. And let's face it, the more I've sort of progressed with my running, the more I've realized how hard a sub 20 is. It's, it requires mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of effort and yeah. uh, massive, massive kudos to anyone that's uh, sub 20 or below. But you'll be surprised as soon as you've hit that um, 20 minute mark, you'll be surprised how quickly it comes down. I know really? it's harder and harder to get time off. Cause when you think about it, if you run in a 30 minute 5k, yeah, it's, it's quite, I won't say easy because it's not easy, but it's easier to knock five minutes or 10 minutes off that 30 minute uh, 5k than it is to mm. knock 30 seconds once you get, get below 20 minutes. But yeah. you'll be surprised how quickly you manage to get down um, those seconds after you've hit that 20 minute for the first time. Because once you know how it feels, you know what you've got to do to achieve that each time. So what's your kind of 5K journey then? When did you first hit? Do you remember when you first hit your first sub-20 or, you uh, know, was it was it a long, long yeah. time ago? I think I hit my first sub-20 in 2013. Wow. So the, fir- the first year I did parkrun. Do you know what? I'm going to have a look just to check Whoa. because I don't know whether I'm telling porcupines there. But I think... Um, it was it was either 2013 or 2014, I think. No, uh, so that I, obviously, yeah. So at the time, were you just running park runs and going for jogs around the block, or yeah? So, know? so yeah. Back back then, I was basically just r- running to go and run the marathon each year. But I was going down to park run because my first park run was in 2013. So I was going yeah. down. Um, <laughs> And once I'd hit that 20 minutes, if if I wasn't feeling great that week, I wouldn't go down to parkrun because I didn't want to do slower than 20 minutes. Really? <laughs> so I got into a I got into a habit of only going down knowing that I would be able to break 20 minutes. And it was it was one of those things where you want your times to look really good. Now I don't care. I could I'll go and run a 25, 30 minute parkrun and I won't really care. But back then it was like, I want it to be all under 20s. But um, wow. And that was really before the days of like, yeah. you know. So my my first ever park run at um, Ara Valley 
was on the 15th of June 2013. Yeah. Um, and I ran 1908. Dude. So. That's not bad at all. Yeah, not bad. Um, and then I first broke 19 minutes in 2014. I did an 1853. Yeah, nice. So is the... So what's your PB at the moment? 70? 17, 16. 17, 16. So is there is have you got one eye on that this year? Yes. So that yeah, my target for this year is the same target I set myself last year, which I didn't quite hit. Got a PB last year, but didn't hit my target, which to get into them sixteens. That's would you would you consider a five k on the track? Um, it, it, would you know? Would you if you ran a f I don't know seventeen ten? Would you I say would. that's a five k PB? Oh or was yeah, that a track PB. I'd, I'd still say it was a track PB, but I'd, I'd claim it as a 5K PB. It's still the same distance. <laughs> it's still the same distance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, well, um, I, I, dro I, I drove 5K the other day in four minutes. So, you know, it's still, still the same distance. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would claim it as a 5K PB. But, it, yeah, it is quite – it is different. It is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that that is one of my targets this year is to try and get that 5k down now i've got my 10k down to where i wanted it to be i'm happy with that this year so i'm going to concentrate yeah. on the on the 5k and the half and try and get yeah. those down to where i want them to be yeah cool that sounds uh that sounds doable are you going to look at the summer sort of post marathon did you say for oh yeah definitely yeah everything at the moment is focused on actually just getting to manchester let alone um yeah yeah PB in an effort at Manchester because well, yeah that that's the thing this this week um yeah I've not been in a in a great way to be honest um really yeah after Saturday's cross country um yeah. so when we started off I <laughs> I made a bit of a mistake thinking it was 10k like normally the cross countries are but I forgot that the Midlands and the Nationals are actually 12k so they're seven and a half mile oh um so I set off at stupid pace. Um, oh, hang on. You, re you realise this mid-race? Well, no, no. I knew just just as we went on to the start line, I was chatting and I was uh, like, oh, yeah, right. um, it is 10K, isn't it? And they went, oh, no, it's 12K. Um, so wow. I set off and then realised after a mile, I had no right to be where I was in the pack running at that pace. So... Pulled back a bit and ran a bit slower, but there was no way I could have gone any faster than I did on Saturday. It was tough. Yeah. And uh, we set off and the course was different to last year because we were going the opposite way around. So I just thought it was they'd just reversed the route. Um, yeah. And then three quarters of the way around the lap, bearing in mind it's a three lap race, there was a massive hill. So wow. I thought it was just a, a reverse of the route, but it wasn't. And there was a big oh. old hill in the middle that we had to then do three times. And my pace oh. just got slower and slower as the race went on. But it, it was great fun. But um, during it, I could feel the pain that I had on my right-hand side when I had my injury. Yeah, I could feel it starting to appear on the opposite side, on the left. Um oh. And then I did all my stretching and everything um, on the Saturday. Got up on Sunday a bit later because we did a gig in the evening. So yeah. rushed back from cross country, went and did a gig, 
got back at stupid o'clock again. It's a bit like, uh, remember Art and Towers? It's mm. uh, the same as what I did for that. So I made sure I had a lie-in on the Sunday and went out for my run a bit later. But um, during that run, if it, it was all right. It wasn't too bad, but it took about 10 miles to loosen up. And eventually, really? once it loosened up, I was like, that's cool. That's fine. Um, and then Tuesday, it felt tight. And then yesterday, sorry, not Tuesday, Wednesday, couldn't do Tuesday. So I went out for a run on Wednesday and it felt tight. And then yesterday, I did my first session, proper session with uh, BNR since my injury. And um, it just wasn't feeling right. And on the last rep, I called it a five reps. And on the last rep, I finished and was like um, standing around. And uh, one of the um, club members, Lisa, she was running steady because she's running Warwick half on the weekend yeah. as well. Um, and to her, uh, she said, are you all right? Because I was I was stood whilst everybody else was still doing more reps. And I said, yeah, I just called it there because it was starting to feel a bit tight. And she went, oh, yeah, I could tell you were limping a little bit on that last rep. Oh, so I was God. like, oh, great. It wasn't just hurting. It actually was causing my uh, form. It was affecting your form, yeah. So, yeah, so that wasn't great last night. But... I had physio today with Nat at Body Cares. Um, so shout out to Nat. Um, she used her magic hands and her magic elbow and got her elbow into my glute and um, has loosened it off quite a bit. So it's still not right, uh, but it's better than it was. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not been a great week, but I'm still still managing to get about, so it's not as bad as it was the other side. Yeah. I've seen that you've been smashing the elliptical on Strava and you've been yes. living on that thing. Yeah. Yes. And as much as I hate it, I really don't like being in the same spot at the same time, uh, like f doing half an hour and not moving anywhere. I want to be outside in the fresh air. Yeah. It does its job because it hasn't got that impact. After half an hour on the elliptical, it does start to loosen up and feel all right. So, yeah, yeah. as much as I hate it, it is a good tool. Yeah. Well, on on the subject of, of uh, shout outs, I did a uh, I did a long running company the other day. So on Sunday, uh, yes, you did. I went out with uh, Mac and Rich, so two lads from uh, you know where we live, and we, we'd 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 gone out for a drink on the Saturday night. <laughs> Mac Mac was on the Rattler, so Rattlers <laughs> are a, 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 a rather potent Cornish cider, let's just say. And I said to him in the car park on the way home, I said, oh, by the way, and I'd already talked Rich into coming with me. I said, I'm going to do a 26K run tomorrow if you want to come. And Rich is like, yeah, go on then, yeah. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll probably be up for that. I said to Mac, I was like, Mac, do you fancy it? He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, I was like are, you, are you sure? He's like, yeah, see you in the morning. Like, I haven't told you what time yet. So he, uh, he, he did, to be fair, he did. He, he was, he must have... I don't know how he how he recovered really because he'd uh, he was a little bit squiffy, let's say. Yeah, but but on was the, he running on the, sideways on the run, for some of it like a crab, like a crab, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, he, he, we all run really well. We all run really uh, really well. So that could be the um, the fueling of choice for our marathons. A bit of the old rattler. <laughs> so, uh, but no, so that was really good. So running running in a, a group of people for the long run was really nice, and uh, yeah, we sort of. I've said to the I've said to the lads I said well you've essentially ran my session because it was like 
I, I'd already planned what I was going to do. Like I had a block of easy and then a block of steady and blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, to make it fair, let me know what you want to run next week and we'll do yours. And then, and then Mac will choose his the couple of weeks after. So yeah, that, that oh, was really nice. good. That sounds like so, a plan actually. And then you're running with company, which makes everything go quicker. Yeah. 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 So, um, and we all sort of said after a couple of hours of the run, like how has two hours passed? Cause we were just nattering the whole time. So yeah, really, really helped the time pass on, uh, on the long run. So yeah, shout yeah. out to those boys. And if you're nattering the whole time, it shows that you're running easy or within yourself. Because yeah, if you're talking at converse, if you're running at conversational pace, then you can't be pushing it too hard, which is probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was exactly the plan. So nothing was too, hopefully, nothing was too strenuous, especially with a hangover. So I don't, I don't know how we all managed to get around, but yeah, looking at the splits, we all managed it, and um, good. Yeah, it was good fun. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, Back to um, the recovery um, thing I was saying about as well with my injury. Something I have been doing this week as well is I bought it back in November, but I've been plucking up the courage to try and actually sort it out and set it up and everything. But on Sunday, before I went out for my long run, I finally set up my ice bath. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So I have been uh, ice do you feel like? Do you feel like Wim Hof? You're the big guy with the big beard. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I'm trying to use it uh, as as a recovery tool rather than the, the Wim Hof route because it, it yeah. seems to be the big fad at the moment. There seems to be every man and his dog's company are making ice baths because it's the fad at the moment of make yourself feel brilliant, have an ice bath every morning. But yeah. I'm going for the what athletes have been doing. Not that I'm calling myself an athlete. <laughs> uh, but but what you said it now. <laughs> but what athletes have been doing for years of having an ice bath after a hard session or after yeah. a run to speed up the muscle recovery. And I must mm. say, I don't know whether it's in my head or whether it is actually doing it, but it seems to be helping with recovery big time. Um, the muscle soreness after long runs or after sessions is nowhere near as bad as it was before i was doing that so it must be doing something good oh that's good so what like without needing a science lesson what actually does cold water do you know what it actually does to muscles does it does it like not, compress I, I them or it, help them relax or no like... I, I think it i think don't quote me on this, but I think it the coldness speeds up the repair of the micro tears that you are causing from ah. the use of your muscles. So it speeds up the recovery of those, which then yep. obviously stops yep. the soreness as much. Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty good. So would you recommend? I mean, oh, I don't yeah, know how many times I you've would. used it, but would you would you say well, everyone I, should? I've used it every day that I've done a run or a session this week so four times this week um three minutes in the icy water i would i say icy water but um my water in my ice bath at the moment is about seven degrees um so it's still cold snippy um, yeah because yeah, i mean what's a fridge at fridge is it four degrees is it yeah so it, it's cold um because yeah. they i've put the ice bath outside in my back garden um so, yeah, it is cold, but I'm spending three minutes in there. And they say, um, apparently, the um, the guidance is don't stay in there more than a minute per degree of the water. So if, it, if the water's three degrees, three minutes is the maximum you should be in there. 
Um, yeah. So I sh I could, if I wanted to, probably push it to six, seven minutes. But I'm doing three minutes in there just to get used to it. And then hopefully I can either lower the temperature of the water or start to spend a bit longer in there. Ah, sounds good. But there's no yeah. better feeling, no better feeling than getting out of an ice bath and getting straight into a hot shower. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So good. So, so good. You have, to, you have to make that run. Yeah. <laughs> straight to the shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll feel it'll feel quite pleasant. I would have thought, in, not pleasant, but in the summer. In the summer, yeah. If you can if you can keep that temperature down, yeah. So I don't know how would how would how would you make sure that temperature doesn't creep up to? It's you know, got it's got reflective inners to the ice bath, and then it's got a a cover that you put on the top that's got a reflective um, side to it as well. So I'm guessing yes. if you put ice in it in the summer, it should help keep it cool rather than warming up in the sun. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Oh, good. So, yeah, um, so far so good then. Yeah. So I'm going to keep using it and see what happens over the next month and see if it actually does me any good. But it seems to be at the moment. So, yeah, all good. Well, I've been doing a bit of uh, since I had a, what's the word, freak out. <laughs> I've, I've, got a I've got a maranoia already. After week three, and I, I kind of had this realization not realization, but after when we listened to Steve Cram for all of yes, six minutes when we heard the end of his talk the other week at the at the running show, and someone asked the question about the 80 20 thing, and um, that made me sort of reconsider a lot of the running that I'm doing during the week because I, when I think about it, I'm worried. I'm not pushing myself hard enough. I feel like because I'm still, you could argue that I'm still a relatively new runner. I've only been doing this four years. So I've still got like an upward trajectory. And with consistency, there's only hopefully one way you're going to go. But I feel like I could, I feel like I could, I could make better progress if I trained maybe a little bit less easy. Now I know how that sounds. It sounds greedy and it sounds reckless, but at the end of the day, I kind of, I've got some ideas on finish times that I want to get this year. Yeah. And I know that if I keep doing what I'm doing, like this sub 25K, I can't really keep willing and wishing for it if I'm not actually going to do the work to get it. Exactly. Like, so, so yeah, I, I feel like, and I've made a couple of changes. Like, for example, on easy days, I'm now introducing steady states. And so it's only, I mean, it sounds a lot, but I'm doing 30 seconds faster per K, you know, in my, in my easy run. So I'm, I, I did an easy run the other day, which would have been an easy run. I did the whole thing steady. Mm -hmm. And again, you could say, well, that's stupid or you should be doing easy. Easy day should be easy. But a lot of my other runs have got big, easy blocks in them. So they're the easy yeah. miles. See, and that, um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's greedy or reckless. Because really? What what why is going for a PB and trying to improve your times greedy? Yeah, it's not it's not greedy at all. You want to improve yourself, and that's never a bad thing. So you can't put a a bad idea like greedy onto something of uh, trying to Im uh, improve, improve performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's reckless at all because that steady state running is the is the basis of a a long distance runner um yeah your easy pace is for those easy runs 
And I mean, if you're constantly doing easy runs, are you ever going to get any faster? You're going to get your body used to doing easy and that's yeah. all it's ever going to know. So unless you're yeah. doing those training sessions where you're pushing it, then you're never going to improve. I, I yeah. don't, I, I don't agree with that eighty twenty thing. I don't think it's. I don't think it's have right. You, have you have you ever trained in that way to make you realise that? Um, well, when I first started running, I I pretty much did all of my running at an easy pace because I didn't really know what I was doing. So yeah. I would say eighty percent of my running was at an easy pace, and then I was going and running Parker and stuff at a faster pace. So it, yeah. it was basically an eighty twenty, and as a as a beginner. I think 80-20 is probably right as a yeah. beginner runner because you don't want to be pushing too much too soon and you yeah. don't want to be flogging your body so then you hate running and you never do it again. You want to yeah. slowly build into it to become uh, enamoured with running like we are. But yeah. when, you are when, you, when you're a couple of years in and when you're trying to actually improve your times – then you need to start putting that effort into your runs. Otherwise, your body doesn't know how effort feels. So when you come to race, your body's not going to be prepared. Yeah. So I, I had a comment on the video that I made when I sort of talked about it. A guy called Dave Napier said, I and mean, just to paraphrase what he said, he said he basically changed up the way he trained for a certain race. Let's I think it was before Christmas, just gone, and had his eye on a not just to get in a PB by a couple of seconds. He wanted to smash it. He wanted a big PB. Mm. Got that PB, then got injured. He thinks it could have been because of the training load, but then finished his comment by saying the injury was totally worth it. Now that, <laughs> what, because he what? got that PB. So that for him, maybe who, I, I don't know, Dave, but maybe he takes his Januarys nice and slow anyway. Maybe, yeah. maybe the Christmas period, having that time off with a family, if you're going to get injured over a time, maybe that's not the end of the world. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he's kind of saying, I've got my PB in the bag now. I've got bragging rights for life. I've got that time that I really wanted. Yeah. Yes, I'm injured, but I can come back from this. I know it's, well, hopefully touch wood for him. It's not a serious injury. And the we, we've talked, we've touched on the whole risk versus reward. And a lot of people have, you know, talk about that, don't they? But for him, you know, it was worth it. And it's amazing yeah. to hear his honesty in saying, I'm injured now, but I don't care because I yeah. got my time that I wanted. And there's yeah. so much value in that honesty. And, you know, I applaud you yeah. for that, Dave. Yeah. Most most people like me are too scared to get injured. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm worried that I'm, I've got massive FOMO. And I worry, that's my, one of my biggest uh, limiting factors in my life, really. I worry that oh, I'm an overthinker and I get in my own head a lot. And I worry that if I do X, Y, Z, uh, this, this such and such will happen. So if you can convert that to running, if I do too many interval sessions, if I do too many, you know, faster things, then if I do too many long runs, I'm going to get injured and I'm going to miss out or I'm going to put myself back. Uh, but maybe you should just live in the moment more. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you should live a little bit more on the edge. It's that risk versus reward thing of um, how how much can you put on the line to get what you actually want? And yeah. I mean, how many um, how many professional runners get injured? Pretty much all of them. 
Why? Because they're working on the edge of their abilities all the time and pushing their bodies to the limit. And yeah. I mean, look at Jakob Ingebrigtsen at the moment. He's injured and he's not doing the world indoors. He's not doing a lot of things because he's concentrating now for the Olympics. But yeah. it, And it's because he's injured. And why is he injured? Because he runs fast, constantly. That's yeah. He pushes his body. He does double threshold training. Um, and that's that's not 80-20. It, it, that's 80-20 intensive too yeah, easy, isn't it? But he'd be ridiculous to do the 80-20 split because he's not going to get what he wants out of that. Um, no. And he needs to be running at that speed to get his body used to running at that speed. Um, yeah. So, and with, and it's, with, yeah, go on. Sorry, it's it's like Steve Cram was saying, like everybody's now raving about this double threshold system and saying it's the way forward and how people should be training to push their bodies and blah, 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 blah. But Steve Cram was saying, but when I think back to what I was training back in the 80s, that's basically what I was doing anyway. So it's not a new thing. People have yeah. been doing it for ages, but it just, it's, once again, it's got into the media and it's become fashion to do that. Yeah. But it's it's not right for everyone, but yeah. it's it depends on what you're doing and what your aims are. And if you're yeah. aiming to push yourself more than you've ever done before, why would you do the same thing as you've always been doing? Yeah, yeah. But I think I think if I could just sort of play devil's advocate a little bit, I understand why a lot of people really like the 80-20 thing as a safety precaution because the human body is a delicate thing as well as it being a tough and hard machine. But so many people will, will argue that, well, I, I, I like, I know what my body can do. I know it can, what it can withstand. I know where I can make it feel uncomfortable rather than pushing it to its extreme limit. And maybe yeah. I don't want these crazy improvements that, you know, people, maybe I don't want to go to those extremes because I don't mm -hmm. want it that much. I don't want then, the end result that much. But then the 80-20 rule is perfect for them because if they're yeah. happy where they are and that's what they want to do and they don't want to try and push their times quicker and things like that, then that's what they should be doing because... Should we just sort of clarify what, for anyone that doesn't know, I'll tell you what I understand by the 80-20 rule. So 80% of your running throughout the week of the volume of running that you do should be at or below the anaerobic threshold or aerobic threshold. I, that's where I think there's a lot of confusion. So is it 20% should be anaerobic and above? Or twenty percent should be aerobic threshold and above. Surely it's anaerobic and above, because uh, anaerobic probably. is sort of zone four, zone you know zone but, leaving yeah, zone but, four to zone five. But a lot of people take the eighty twenty rule as eighty percent easy, yeah, and twenty percent hard training. Which... And you could include steady. Oh yeah, so yeah. there's nothing in the middle. Yeah, there's nothing in the middle. It, yeah, it's so eight, no... eight, eighty easy, twenty of effort. Yeah, well, that, uh, that, yeah. Which, that doesn't make sense to me. No, no. 
that that's probably not a sensible way to train because they're probably thinking in their head, well, if I run really slow or really fast, surely on marathon day, it'll all just balance out and I'll be able to run my <laughs> marathon pace. That's probably yeah. that's probably what they're thinking, isn't it? But yeah. I, I think the whole 80-20 thing, a lot of people will shy away from faster stuff, A, because it's hard, and B, because they want to protect themselves, which I do understand. And, you know, if you're a beginner runner, and you take on too much suit too soon, then yeah, you could, you could get yourself injured. I guess it's, yeah, it all comes back to those two little words in it, risk and reward. Yeah, because 100%. You know, if, if you don't try, then you'll never know, you could argue. Um, you could go for, you, you could have a number in your head of a, a, a finish time you want to achieve. And you could go and achieve that with 80-20, but you could probably knock 20 minutes off that. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you trained in a different way, yeah. if you, you know, I wouldn't say have the bravery to do it because in a way you could argue that it, for some people it would be stupid because they might injure themselves and put themselves back. Yes. You know, weeks, which I do yeah. totally and completely understand because at the end of the day, it all comes back to we're not professionals. We do this for fun. We pay exactly. to do this. So everyone's got different goals, expectations, which is why never, never, ever let anybody tell you what you should be doing. Oh, really? (laughs) Because they are not you and you are not them. Everyone's different. What works for me won't work for you and vice versa, or may not work for you and vice versa. So you, and that that goes for people like me and you, you know, who have got channels, you know, that's exactly why I would never do a this is how you get a faster 5k time or this is how you improve your marathon. What do I know? Good for I, views, though. It, oh, it's great for views, but I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not a sports scientist. I'm not a PT. I'm not a trained um, like trainer. So yeah. why would I ever be doing a video like that? Um, yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to tell someone how they can run faster. I'm still... Yeah learning how to do it myself as well without destroying myself so i'm getting advice from people so yes i can pass on that advice that i'm being given but i'm not saying it works for everyone and everyone's an individual so everybody's body is yeah individual to themselves so what i do isn't going to be the same as what the next person does for instance yeah, go on. Oh, sorry. For instance, my cadence in my running is ridiculously quick. I take shorter strides than most other people. So yeah. I wouldn't say to somebody, hey, to run a faster 5K, make your cadence quicker. Do, do what I do. because I'm going to get the tape measure out and do your stride length and make yeah. sure it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because if their stride's longer, I'm not going to tell them to shorten their stride and be like mine it's it'd be ridiculous because that's how my body works not how their work theirs works and in the same breath that's a little bit how i feel about training plans as well especially ones that you know are written as verbatim you know this is how you get a sub three marathon this is how you get a sub 330 this is how you get a sub four they those plans might not be accommodating that you could be, I don't know, a school teacher who works 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to do a double threshold? You know, exactly. when you've got, you know, how yeah. are you, uh, you going to do, you know, some people only do 
some people have to do the long runs on a Tuesday because they've got, you know, they're out with the kids on the weekend. So yeah. that, it's to some degree, that's why yeah. training plans are very similar to, to that as well. Like the, the people that have written these plans, it's not the one size fits all. Just be yeah. careful with that, I guess. Yeah. Because if you yeah. follow they're, it to the letter. Yeah. They're not personalized. They don't know the yeah. stresses going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know. They don't know you, I guess. Yes. And that, and and it, it running isn't just a physical thing. It's a mental thing as well. So if you've got a lot going on and you've got a really stressful, hard job, that's going to affect your training. It's going to affect yeah. how your body is prepared to go and do those training sessions. So if they're telling you to go out and flog yourself on an evening after you've had a really hard day at work, whether physically or mentally, that's going to affect your training. And then they're saying you've got to hit certain paces. You don't hit them. And then you start feeling bad because you haven't hit the paces they've set. But they've set ridiculous paces for the situation that you're in. And that's, I guess, why running clubs and coaches, people that are actual human beings watching over you who can make professional, you know, observations based on what, you know, what what they, what sort of runner you are. That's yeah. why that is so, so much. But if you're basically a runner who doesn't really know why they're not improving or why they're, or doesn't know what steps to take, let's just say you've signed up to your first marathon and you look at this training plan you've just bought and you think, well, what does... What does strides mean? I don't really know what that means. What 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 what's what's aerobic threshold? You might yeah. your money's probably better spent getting a getting a a coach, yeah, or getting yeah. you know, get getting um get yeah like like you would say get a running club sorted, yeah. because you you can literally ask these what you consider to be stupid questions, because you 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 didn't realize. Yeah. But there are no stupid were. questions. Yeah. There are no stupid questions when it comes to training. Because if you don't know something, somebody else will have the answer. But that doesn't make it a stupid question just because yeah. you don't know something. It just means you haven't caught up with the terminology or you're not as experienced as someone else. Or it doesn't mean it's stupid. I, I think questioning things like that makes you a better runner. Because yeah. if, if you blindly follow, it's just like the you're... you're you're not going to achieve what you can if you actually understand why you're doing it. Yeah. So, for example, I I used a on my Brighton training plan. I got a uh, for my first ever marathon. I ran a four twenty two, and I got a sub. I got the Ben Parks. I mean, I'm not going to go Ben Parks because it's not Ben Parks that ran the marathon. It was me. But I got the three thirty to four hour uh, training plan. And followed mm -hmm. it as much as I could, uh, which was exactly two years ago, and ended up running 4.22. And I can't blame Ben for that because at the end of the day, I couldn't run what was on those, what, what were those prescribed things to run. But since then, I have never bought another training plan or downloaded one. I've just modified what was on that piece of paper. So I've got nothing but thanks to Ben for mm -hmm. giving me those ideas of those and it sounds so simple, but sessions where you'll do a long run and you have different paces throughout the long run. That that blew my mind. The first time I ever, I would look at fast runners, put their things on Strava. And I'd be like, how are they doing 5K at, 
you know, six miles. And then they're doing the next 5K at exactly 6.30 and the next one a bit slower at seven. And they've got like this weird pyramid shape. Well, hang on. This one seems to be getting faster and faster. Like, how are they literally doing this? And I didn't understand that. So it took me that training block and that training plan. Took me a lot of failure, basically, to work a lot of, of that jargon out. And and I can guarantee that if I bought the training plan that I'm doing, and in fact, I'd still be in that zone now because I'm still looking for a 3.30, 3.40 finish at my next marathon. A lot of that training would probably be very similar to what I did that day, that, uh, two years ago. So I've just modified what was on that uh, what was on that plan and made it customizable to me. Yeah. But you now so that, know that's, that's your, much what I've done. you now know your body as a runner. Whereas yeah. when you first started, those generic plans, great for a first timer who doesn't really know what they're doing and hasn't got an idea about sessions, doesn't understand, yeah. as you say, changing pace and progressive runs and things like that. Perfect yeah. for somebody who's just starting out. But when you get into it, you've got to personalize it to yourself because that's the way that you make progress for yeah. you. Um, yeah, I, I, don't think, I, think, I, think, I think that's exactly right. I think you know your own body. You know what you're capable of. You know where you can push and you know where to pull back. And, um, yeah. and, and I know what sort of volume my body can, can sort of handle. And I know, yeah, yeah I, I think you know yeah, what you work just... you've got that week. You know what? Yeah. Things like that, things that are not running related that you have to deal with. You know yeah. what you're eating that week or you know what, if you're not very well or whatever, you can yeah. sort of modify things. So but yeah, that's I, exactly, I would... exactly what I did this week. So Sunday, I I finished a gig really late at night on the Saturday. So I wasn't getting up to do my early Sunday run. I was going to wait mm. till the afternoon and do it a lot later. And then yeah. Tuesday, I had parents evening at the college I work at. So I finished yeah. this evening at half eight. So by the time I got home, it was nine o'clock. I wasn't going to do my Tuesday session at nine o'clock at night. So I waited until it on Wednesday instead. So you have to have that variability and that ability to change your block, whereas a generic plan isn't going to go, oh, you got home a bit late. Well, I'm really sorry about that. Change your plan. It yeah. would say, this is what you've got to do at this time. Go and do it. Yeah, because, for, for example, for me on Sunday, I've got to do, uh, I think, what was I last week? 26K. So this week I'm going to look to do 27, 28K. So my, my long runs are increasing week by week. But I've got a race. So I've got 21K of that 28 is uh, a half marathon. And really, if it weren't a race, I'd probably be running that easy and steady and with a bit of marathon pace. But it's a half marathon race. So I'm going to be running that half marathon pace. So I'm probably, you know, I don't quite know until I'm on the start line how I'm going to run. But you can bet your life I'm not going to start off at easy. I'm, so I'm, I'm going to. Are you going to add your miles before or after? Well, I probably am going to do a short warm up and a longer cool down. That's probably yeah. what I'm going to do. I'd so I'm probably do it. If you, I've got if 7K to make up. Yeah. So I've got 7K to make up. So what I'll probably do is two, just a little mile, 2K warm up, something like that, around the race course at Warwick, and then get the race done. And then 5K when I get back home, just yeah. as a really nice recovery. So that's yeah. probably how I'll make up the Sunday mileage. So so, so you, you're not even going to do it as a long run, per se, of do the warm up, 
straight to the start line, do the race straight after you finish, carry on and do another bit of mileage. Well, You're going to wait till you get home and do that extra when you get well, home. That, that's the thing. That's where the whole having a life comes into it because there's a few of us meeting up you know, afterwards, yeah. and we want to go for a drink, we want to go for a coffee. Do so it. I don't want to be the one that says, sorry, guys, I've just got to do 5K. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're all just going to clap each other over the line, um, have, a, you know, and then have a have a brew, go into Warwick and have a drink, and then I'll get home and I'll probably just have my own little recovery, you know, with Daisy yeah. or something around the river. Yeah. And um, that's probably how it's going to go. Good. It, it, this is the thing, yeah. Life should be, training plan should be as adaptable as your life. You shouldn't have to change things just because you've got to do this mileage. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 like you were talking about with alcohol. Um, like if if you want to have a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. It's not going to ruin everything. And but as soon as you start changing your life to fit around the running schedule, then you start to resent the running and you stop you to enjoy stop enjoying it so much. You you say that, but now my brain immediately goes to. If I didn't have them two glass, two glasses of red last week, <laughs> was that five seconds per glass? Would I have got a PB? You know, but I don't, I don't know because you can't. You know, I haven't got a time machine. I, I, it's pointless thinking about that, isn't it? But exactly. I know but, that on, on this podcast, I I had a drink last week and I really yeah. enjoyed it, so I don't care. That 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 was my question: Is did you enjoy the glasses of wine? Yes, and I enjoyed the party so, as well. Therefore, does it matter? No, does not matter what exactly, you're. exactly. There we go. So, so yeah. So tonight, I'm having a bottle. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not having a drink this week because I've um, I realised that because I I was I'm a lightweight these days. I think I must have been drunker than I thought. But um, I didn't even switch on my microphone for this podcast last week, so my audio was horrific. So I uh, apologise for that because I'd logged in to this what we use to do the podcast. And I'd use the internal microphone and it's just shoddy. And this week I've got the proper bad boy. So hopefully you can hear me a bit better. So, yes, no, no alcohol, no mistakes this yeah, week. You are, you are coming through loud and clear. Oh, that's good. Um, um, yeah, you go, you go, you go. Oh, sorry, I'm just looking at um, the notes and what we were, what um, we'd put down to talk about. And around that uh, whole thing of long runs and stuff, your peak week, because we talked about this 20 miler, your peak week for this marathon, what are you thinking for your longest run mileage wise for peak week? Because we know you're going to hit, you want to try and hit about 60 mile, don't you? About 100K. Yes. So six, six, 62 mile for your peak week. Yeah. So I think, I think a 32K. So that's about 19 and a bit. I think I don't know. I can't remember the conversion. I will, think will be your peak week. Miles. So, so therefore, yeah. when you set off on this twenty-mile run with half oh, yeah. a mile to go, you're going to back out of the race and just. I'm just going to stop. The go, stop Sorry, the, I've got dummy now. Stop the watch. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Gotta go. Call it on the head. <laughs> Training plan says oh, says no more than uh, nineteen and a half miles. Uh, but yeah, it's probably going to be 20. I don't think I'm going to do a lot of people will go up to 23, won't they? Some people yeah. will do a marathon as, as a, you know, an easy marathon. Yeah. But um, for me, I mean, this is going to sound, uh, God, I'm going to regret saying this, but it's not the first 20 miles that are a problem. 
for marathons for me. It's the last six. It's the last 10K. Yeah. And you can't practice <clears throat> no. a 10K having done 20 miles until you're in the marathon. So I don't know how I'm going to feel. But I'll tell you one thing quickly, how I'm trying to, what I'm doing to really help myself is two things. I'm changing my fuel in and I'm doing S&C. And I know you'll be really pleased to hear that because it's taken I me will, two yes. years it's taken me two years to get to this point where I've just basically fluked it and I've not got myself injured and I've managed to stay on my own two feet and never pull a hamstring or a thigh or a quad or whatever. And I know that that time is those injuries are coming for me. So I need to be as ready as I can. And I also have heard a theory. I think it might have been Will, um, the Woo, Will Fu, who said, that the cramping sensations that he has felt on almost all his marathons were uh, something to do with his muscle, um, his lack of muscle tone or his lack of strength in a certain area. Yeah, he was saying when he was doing a certain variation of the glute bridge, he he could feel in his hamstrings the same sensation of when you get, hamstring cramp and i know exactly what he's talking about it it's so when you do a glute bridge uh in your snc so this is when you've got your your, you're lying on the ground you've got your your, your lying on your back yeah with your your knees up and then yeah put your feet flat on the floor and you lift your lift your uh pelvis off the floor yeah so so your bum's not on the floor so you try and make like a triangle shape basically yeah um from your knees um, but with a glute bridge, the closer your heels are to your bum, the more it's working your glutes. Ah. The further away your feet are, the more it's working your hamstrings. So it moves from being a glute bridge into a hamstring bridge. Oh, okay. So a lot of time. So in my SNC, I do a glute bridge and then I do single leg glute bridge and yep. then take a step forward with both of my feet and do a hamstring bridge for a period of time as well. And then there's other variations where you can go from glute bridge and walk into a hamstring bridge and walk back and do variations like that. And as soon as you go into that hamstring bridge, you can feel your hamstrings the way that they feel when they cramp at the end of a marathon. So I know exactly what Will's talking about. Um, I, I could, and... I could probably, I could probably imagine that. Well, I don't know what the percentage would be, but a safe percentage of people will cramp up in their hamstrings yeah. above many other muscles in a in a marathon at twenty mile and above, or yeah. maybe sixteen and further, because it's it's either your calves, your quads, or your hammies, isn't it? Really, it's one of those yeah. three groups, and I think hamstrings is probably the one. Yeah. Sorry, you, you're. Yeah, yeah, you're. Yeah, they, they seem to be my weakness as well because um, I'm exactly the same as well. And I've never finished a marathon without hamstring cramp. Really? Um, yeah, so I, I know exactly what he's talking about. And I do think that conditioning and muscle fatigue um, are a contributing factor to um, these cramping things. So because th- he's been looking at a lot of research of people where they've been saying it's not so much electrolytes. It could be your conditioning and your strength within your hamstrings. Yeah. So once they're getting weak, they're then getting too much stress on them. That's when they cramp up. 
Well, if you think um, about it, if you think about it, so many people, let's say, who don't do S&C, like me, will literally do a 26-mile run, take four little tablets of electrolytes and blame it on the electrolytes yes. and not the not the 16 weeks' worth of lack of glute bridges. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the lack of S&C. It's all yeah. to do with the, the electrolytes. So if you think about yeah. it... I, I, you know, I, I did exactly the same. I blamed it on the electrolytes last year. But, um, <laughs> but, it's always a lack I, of electrolytes. But, I do think it was partly lack of electrolytes for me because I took on uh, like a third of what they recommend. I was stupid because um, I miscalculated completely. But it, it's the same as um, when you're running, people, a lot of runners completely ignore your core. And it's yeah. amazing how much your core actually does as a runner because mm. as soon as your core gets tired, your posture changes and then that changes the way that you're running and you're putting stress on muscles that you don't normally use when you're running. And that's yep. when you start to get all sorts of problems. So your yep. core is one of your main things you need to get strong as a runner. Just so yep. when you get to that point where you're fatiguing, your core isn't fatiguing at the same point and you're yep. still managing to keep that posture whilst you're running. Well, I'm uh, when I'm doing my S&C, I've started doing some kettlebell workouts. You know, I've been watching some um, some, some people on on uh, on YouTube and, and just doing a workout alongside them. And my, my when I'm doing my my squats, my dips, my bends, I'm realizing just how much I've been missing out because my my, my glutes are, are in a bad way. There's no power there, and I know it's like a buzzword when they say your glutes aren't firing. But my mine, I don't think mine ever have, and <laughs> I, 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 I can I can see, I can see now. I do those you know, those weighted squats and things. Just where the areas that I need to improve on, because I feel it the next two days. You know, with the doms, yeah. like I I just feel like wow, I've got a lot of work to do here. But the, it's a bit of a wake up call, isn't it? Getting doms because you realise, actually, yeah. This is this is almost like a nice pain to have. I know the areas that I've worked on. I know the areas that are weaker than others. Uh, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to my SNCs now. I'm doing at least two a week. I'm doing a Good. Um, one wet one with uh, weights and one just resistance and a yoga stretch as well. So I know the, nice. the yoga I do is normally part of my recovery on a Monday. So it's not really an intensive workout. It's more of a literally a recovery. But uh, you, yeah, really starting to you, enjoy it. Are you doing your SNC on days when you are running or are you doing them on your rest days? Yeah, I've decided uh, because mainly because I said it, I told you my training plan. Then I saw your face when I decided to put my SNC on my days off running. And I was like, no, actually, I don't mean that. I was joking. <laughs> I, uh, I'm keeping my, my Mondays and Fridays free. So, yeah, uh, yeah I've decided to um, uh, I've decided to do sporadically across the week i think i'm trying to aim for monday wednesday saturdays for my yeah. snc days and uh good. yeah so days off are days off good yeah because yeah i i have wednesday and friday off every week as a rest day but they are complete rest days as in i do no exercise at all um yeah and then i i tend to do half an hour of snc three times a week um so yeah. normally tuesday thursday and saturday after my runs right um and then every night before I go to bed, I do 15, 20 minutes of yoga stretching. Yeah. Yeah. Just to 
try and supple myself up because I've when I first I run I was the least flexible person in the world so yeah just anything to try and make me a, a little bit more flexible is good so maybe we could ask our listeners what they think the ideal amount of snc is per week Ooh, so what you yeah. do how how many do you do three did you say yeah three lots of half an hour yeah oh that's 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 quite a lot um because the sessions i've been doing are only 20 minutes uh, and below so um but, but you've, so, yeah, been maybe. Doing, you've been doing weighted stuff though haven't you whereas i am yeah. I'm still doing body weight stuff at the moment. Um, like resistance stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I will slowly build weight into it as I get stronger. Yeah, so let, yeah, let us know what you think. Is three too much? Is it not enough? Uh, if you're doing, let's say, if you're aiming for sub three, what do you find is the optimum The optimum amount? If you're doing going for sub four or sub five, you know, your marathons, do you do, you, do, you do no S&C like I've never done? And you've only just started it this new year. Uh, yeah, let us know. Because I've only just started it. I'm being honest. I've always neglected it. And I've had a bit of a wake-up call, to be honest. Yes. I'm realizing how weak I am in certain areas. Mainly yeah. my legs, which you need for marathons. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, just quickly going back to the whole cramping thing as well. Um, yeah. I was listening to the Inside Running podcast um, this week. And they had the founder of Precision Hydration on. Yep. Cool. And they interviewed him. Um, and he was talking about cramping and um, whether it is electrolytes or whether it's conditioning and muscle fatigue and everything. And he said it is very individual to each person. Mm. So there is no one size fits all, the same as we were talking about training. So you can't. And he said it's really hard to test how um, cramping comes on and whether it is due to electrolytes or whether it's muscle fatigue or something like that because cramping is an, like an injury. And he said yeah. so they can't do any testing of when cramps hit because the testing would basically be injuring all of the people that they're testing. So oh, it's never actually been it's never actually been like scientifically done properly. They'd, have, said, to in, they'd have to induce cramp yes. to diagnose it. Yeah, 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 which, it, yeah. yeah which is, yeah, it's not going to happen. So there's not been a huge amount of research into it. But he said on their website, there's a questionnaire you can fill in and it will give you a idea of how much during a marathon, how many electrolytes, like the milligrams of electrolytes you should be taking per hour, um, the amount of carbs you should be taking per hour and everything. And he said uh, about 80% of the people that he's spoken to that have always said they suffer from cramping in a marathon, yeah. when they've done that and worked out exactly how much they should be having and they hit that amount, it does stop a lot of people having those cramping issues. So that's mm. something I'm going to look into for this. I'm, I'm going to look into how much I should be taking on as for, for me personally and see if I can get rid of that cramping issue. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Yeah. Well, I've got, just as we uh, as I look at the clock and realise that we've taken up an hour and 10 minutes of people's time. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for every, what you've all been waiting for. It's time for 
Brett's end of the podcast quiz. <laughs> I, can never, I can never remember what I call it, so that's what we'll call it. I, I'm going so, to turn it on its head one week, and I'm going to make a quiz for you. Oh, yeah, bring it on. Um, but today, the theme is general knowledge, because I couldn't find the thing. <laughs> general running so, knowledge, or just general knowledge for something? No, well, you see the first question, and it really is general knowledge. Okay, okay so... Question one, <laughs> which which band released the best-selling album, Band on the Run? Oh, that was Wings. Only the band the Beatles could have been, in the words of Alan <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, question two. You'll like this one. I think this is gettable for you. In October 2019, Elliot Kipchoge became the first man ever to run a marathon in under two hours. What city in which European country did he accomplish this feat? Oh, I don't know. Because um, I know it was the, it wasn't the um, it was the second time they'd attempted it because obviously they had the breaking two uh where he didn't quite manage it the year before oh i didn't know it was his second attempt yeah 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 so they tried it the year before um and it was yeah. a, a big thing sponsored by nike called breaking the, two and they were going to break two hours and he didn't the, quite manage it was it the ineos thing that that was, that was the, the second one so the, the second one the ineos right. um yeah ineos 159 was the second one Right, okay. And that's well, when he broke it. Um, I think, was it in, I don't know, uh, was it in Spain? No, incorrect. It was in Vienna, in Austria. Ah, uh, yes, it was, yes. Yeah, so you've got one out of two, 50%. Okay. But some general knowledge around it, so I get half a point, yeah? Well, no, no, yeah, oh. no. So... <laughs> For 13 years straight, and I think these quizzes were written in the pandemic, in the uh, in lockdown. For 13 years straight, which world famous marathon is the largest annual single day charity funding raising event, raising 66.4 million in 2019 alone? Well, the man we were talking about earlier tells us about this each year and his dulcet tones whilst narrating the London Marathon. Yes, I think, yes, that is correct. It is the London Marathon. So next one. Okay, the, uh, the treadmill is an English invention from 1817. But what was its original intention? I would say it was to possibly do something like grind corn or grind wheat into flour and there was some sort of animal on the treadmill powering the grinder <laughs> that's actually quite an ingenious intuitive answer but no the answer is actually better the answer Go is it was invented as punishment for prisoners what it was a torture machine that's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. So, 1817. So when we choose to go to the gym and get on that treadmill, <laughs> we are putting ourselves through torture. Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the last and question. It, and it is 
standing in the same, well, I'd say standing, running on the same spot. Yeah. Oh, that's why I call it the dreadmill. I, the dreadmill. I, hate, I hate the treadmill. It's yeah. awful. Um, I, yeah. I don't even have one to moan about because I'm not a member of a gym and I, I don't have one in the garage or anything. So I can't really comment, but I know that I would bloody hate it. Yeah. So the last one, the last question, this is a bit of a shocker, actually. Uh, the Boston Marathon or the Boston Marathon was the first marathon to allow, allow, the word allow, to allow women to enter. But what year were women finally allowed to participate? I bet it's later than you expect. Well, it depends. Um, it depends. Because you you would think, yeah, you would think well, they would on. be allowed from a long time ago, but I so, bet it's, so yeah. While, you, while you're on, let me just say, I think the Boston Marathon is like 100 years old, I think. Yes, it is, yeah. So I'm going to put first... It's the, old, it's the oldest marathon, isn't it, the Boston Marathon? First Boston Marathon, I think it was 18-something. Um, when was the Boston Marathon? 1897. Okay, so that gives it a bit of... Um, yeah. Gives you a little bit of perspective. So from yeah. 1897, when was the first time they allowed women? Yeah, this is what I'm really... saying. I reckon it's a lot later than you think it should be. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go something controversial like 1970, uh, 1976. Close. You're actually quite close. 1972 is the answer. Mm, yeah. See, that's so mad, isn't it? The it's word mad. allow. I can't. So I've read that in um, in the UK. So when was the first London? 1981 or something like that? Yes. The year I was born. Um, yes. So I think um, at the time in the UK, I don't think women were, uh, or maybe they were running in. I'm talking about a subject I know nothing about, by the way. So I'm probably, hopefully, not going to offend anybody. But I think women were not allowed to run further than something like 5k at the time. I, I, I it's bonkers and so backwards, yeah. isn't it? Have you seen the videos of when um, a woman tried? I, I think it might have been the London Marathon, but I don't. I can't remember what marathon it is. But a woman sneaked onto the start line and started racing and men oh. were like kicking her and trying to push her to stop her not people who were racing people spectators were trying to drag her off the course to stop her from racing because she shouldn't have been racing because it was men only wow that it's is madness. insane yeah wow what a world we used to live in, or well, we didn't used to live in, but some some people listening to this might have lived in that in that yeah. world. That is absolutely crazy. I know. Wow. Maybe it's anybody listening might have competed in the 1972 Boston Marathon. If you did, let us know. In fact, if anyone is still listening at this point, when was your <laughs> first marathon? Let us know if anyone competed. Oh, yes. in a, that would a, be a, a running that's race. A great, great question for the listeners. Yeah. When when did you first complete a marathon? Yeah, cause mine mine was twenty twenty two, so I'm a newbie. When was yours? Yeah. Twenty twelve. Right, so you got ten was years. It, was it twenty twelve? Hang on, yeah, twenty twelve. The the year of the Olympics. The Olympics was my yes. Let's do this. Yeah, cool. So yeah, twenty twelve. So yeah, ten years before your one. Yeah, 
2012. I at the time I was just running like I would used to do. I had a mate who used to do the Great North Run every year, and he'd say to me, "Do you want to do it with me?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, go on then." And this would be like now, like January, February, because he he'd be starting to like he'd be starting to do like training, getting ready for the the summer, and getting into September, and you know, doing a long year of training. And I'd literally do three runs, just like the majority of people. The reason why Parkrun has only got 200 people now and it had 600 people the first week of January because I'd fell off the wagon already. I'd do two or three runs in January, first week, and think, I ain't doing that again. It's too cold. It's too hard. Yeah. I can't be bothered. So, um, uh, yeah. So so I never, ever got into it until, yeah, until lockdown. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. It, My first yeah. run. As, as bad as it was, and it was awful, it had some positives about the way that people started thinking about their health. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was like, I've just got to do this to keep my sanity, really, because I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't a key worker or anything like that. I had to... Uh, God, when was the last time you said that? That's such a pandemic term. <laughs> key, key worker. So, yeah, I yeah. I, uh, I didn't really have a lot, hell of a lot to do. So, for three months or until I went back to work that year, 2020, it was about May or June, end of May, I think it was, uh, for that two months in that spring. Because you remember that spring of 2020 was glorious as well. Yeah, I oh know. Could you yeah. remember? So, so, so here's the thing, right? Here's another thing we can ask our listeners is, were you entered for the spring marathon in 2020? And how did you feel? Because yeah. if, if, if a marathon was taken away from me now, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Especially because when it all happened, it was like March the twentieth, wasn't it? March or something like that. Yeah, and so people were probably at peak weeks. Yeah, and then so you're doing tw- you're thinking on Sunday I've got a twenty mile run, and then you got Boris saying no, sorry guys, you only got a, you're only allowed out for an hour now. And by the way, you know that event you're doing, yeah, it's not going to happen for the next two years. Like that must have messed with your head if you were uh, yeah, you know training for a marathon that year. So yeah, let us know if you were training for any races and what did you do. Did you do a marathon around your back garden? Did you do a marathon around your local park? What did you do? Yep. Yeah. It's mad. Man. It, yeah. It's crazy what's happened over the last few years, isn't it? And how Absolutely. things have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. We live in a different world to what we did pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've, just, I've, I've just looked again at the clock and I'm yes. thinking that hopefully... By the time people are peaking in March, we can do like a three-hour, <laughs> two, two and a half-hour podcast, so it'll last their entire run. At the moment, we're getting you through your one-hour twenty run, so uh, hopefully, we've yeah. lasted your entire run. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure you can't listen to this podcast if you're doing twenty miles or less. Yeah. It's just not enough. <laughs> it's not long enough. <laughs> Yeah, Brilliant. dude. I think that I think that's us for another week, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think we should probably call it there, and uh, yeah, come back next time. But best of luck for Sunday, and yeah, to ev- everyone nice racing one. on the weekend or anyone running Warwick Half. I hope you have an amazing race. Um, and yeah. run run your socks off. Yeah, I'm hoping to do. I don't think I'm going to go for a PB. Famous last words, but. I, uh, it's always good to say that, isn't it? Because when you realise that 18K, it's not going to happen, you're like, well, I wasn't going for one anyway. But I think what I'll be happy with is a course PB. So to beat 140, 
to, to come somewhere in the sweet spot between my PB, which was with you, which is 135 and a change, 45. So somewhere between 136 and 140. So if I can aim for 138, I think I'll be in nice. good shape. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that'd be a, a really, really good effort for me. So that's what that's where I'd like to be. Good, we'll good, see. good. We'll chat, we'll chat about it next week. Yes. And Parker in the morning. Uh, yeah, nice and easy one for me because Laura is going to Ara Valley. It's her favourite parkrun and she just fancies uh, doing doing it as a bit of a workout. So we've got a little bit of a, a planned session for her to do. She's doing Excellent. 800s and then 200s. And yeah, so she's got a nice um, a little session to do tomorrow. So yeah, we'll be doing nice. that. I, I will see you there bright and early in the morning then. Epic. Sounds really nice. good. Looking forward to nice. it. All right, and dude, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, and... We'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Ta-da.